Welcome back to part two of the Santon Times podcast, episode 26, week 39 of 2020, on location at the Sun City Resort in Northwest Province of South Africa. We're spending two days here uh, reacquainting ourselves with Sun City as the Valley of the Waves becomes the next attraction to open at the resort and uh, take a look around. I must be honest, not everything is 100% quite yet, and COVID 19 protocols add a whole new dimension to the experience. So if you're looking to visit Sun City in the next few weeks, just factor in a bit more time to get through all the procedures and uh, consider that certain elements are work in progress. I just saw a tweet now uh, that popped up on uh, Twitter and somebody was saying, you know, it took them, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes or something to get into Sun City itself uh, with, you know, there's a, uh, a bit of a process at the gate where they uh, sort of check the cars and they check you have to fill in forms you know and do all the COVID-19 checking and that obviously does create a little bit of a backlog even though there's no day visitors coming in at the moment it's only residents but you know these things do take time so just bear that in mind and just we always keep talking about this COVID-19 rust that needs to come off so just keep that in mind take everything with a little bit of a pinch of salt as you go through the process but let me leave it at that so one of those things that people come to Sun City and the Lost City for is golf and if you're an avid golfer, I would say I'm an avid golfer, but I don't get to play often enough. But it's one of those courses that you just have to play with all the beauty that surrounds you, the wildlife that you get to see, and also just a fantastic destination to be able to play on. And I'm joined by uh, Ken Payet, Tournament Director of the Nedbank Golf Challenge. Uh, Ken, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be here. Well, Ken, I think uh, let me ask the question that many avid golfers are asking. What is the state of the course? What is it looking like? and uh, how you've been keeping it for the last six months. Yeah, first of all, we are open and uh, the courses are looking immaculate. We just need a little bit more rain. Yeah, we're coming out of winter, going into to summer now, so we've done all our spring treatment, we've done all our holotining, that's all done and dusted, and we just can't wait for that rain to come. Normally by mid to end of October, uh, and, uh, but the greens are nicely covered, uh, the players are enjoying themselves, and um, yeah, I just can't wait to, to host more and more golfers every single day. Well, what's the demand been like uh, ever since you've sort of officially reopened? The demand has been incredible, especially over weekends. Uh, now this long weekend as well, but weekends generally, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, it's, it's high in demand. But even during the midweek now, we, we're nice and busy. And from now until probably, I would say mid-January, um, we are nice and busy. So uh, generally over Christmas and New Year, we're quiet. Uh, but I think this year with, uh, uh, with a lot of restrictions of travel and maybe the increase on domestic travel in and around South Africa, I think we're going to be seeing a very, very busy resort. Based on the introduction that I made, I think the next big question to ask is the Nedbank Golf Challenge. Uh, that's not happening this year, is it? Unfortunately not. No, no, it's not. And that must be impacting uh, the resort also quite a bit because that used to be, I mean, when it comes to the sporting calendar, when it definitely comes to the golf calendar, that was one of the big events of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the biggest, uh, it's Africa's major, it's the biggest social event uh, in, on, on the African continent. And it's, it's yeah, it was, it was sad, um, it's devastating, but I think it was the right call. Um, under the circumstances, under these restrictions, we just, there's just no way that we can host an event like we know and love over the last, uh, you know, 39 years. And also being our 40th edition, we wanted to celebrate it. We want to be out there socializing crowds, thousands and thousands of crowds uh, coming to enjoy the golf, hospitality, marquees, 
uh, night entertainment, beach party, casinos. There's just no way it's going to be able to do that. And from a resort perspective, yes, it is. It's devastating, uh, especially from our revenue and also the employment opportunities that we create over that period of time. But we just got to be responsible and do the right thing and start planning for next year. So what is the plan for next year? Is it to literally postpone it till the next one at the end of next year? Or is there a chance that you might do one early on next year and do the one later on in the year? So it's completely cancelled for this year. So we'll start planning for the dates at the moment are not confirmed, but we have penciled them in for mid-November. That could move out to December, but we working closely with the European Tour, Nedbank, our title sponsors, and us as the rights holder, Sun International. And we will come up, just remember the European Tour, the PGA Tour schedules are all over the place at the moment. So there's nothing really concrete with regards to dates for the tournament. But we ideally would like to see that, uh, that mid-November or that first week in December dates. So Ken, what kind of things have you put in place now for the golfers? I mean, golf was always one of those sports that from the beginning, a lot of people said, why can't we play golf? It's automatically a social distancing kind of sport. I mean, there's not like it's a, a team sport. You know, there's maximum maybe two people playing at the same time if they need to. And there's a lot of space on each fairway, so you don't really need to, you know, sort of cram everyone onto, onto the small spot. But what additional measures have you put in place to make well, golf extra safe, I guess? Yeah, well, that's a nice thing about golf. And as you said, you know, you can socially distance. You can, you know, you can keep away from, sometimes you need to keep away from your partner that's not playing very well. But you know, Tell that's me about it. it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but the nice thing is, is that uh, you know, golf came back quite relatively early compared to other sports. And the golfing bodies within South Africa lobbied hard with government and they did a fantastic job. Uh, in addition to that, we obviously we got the usual social distancing measures, sanitizing. Uh, what's a challenge for us is golf carts. So we make sure we've got actually a, a sanitizing station that, uh, that we have at the Lost City Golf Course because it's compulsory carts that the sort of drive-through sanitizing station that happens every second day. Uh, the caddies as well, you know, they've been uh, unemployed for the last five, six months now. So they come back, they've got masks, they've got uh, face shields, they sanitize before they go out. From a golf course point of view, the golf set up we try and keep uh, bunkers uh, the bunker rakes away from bunkers so we have a dedicated caddy walking with uh, with each group that rakes bunkers and also the flags we try not to encourage people to touch the flag and then the actual cup that the ball goes into we've actually turned it upside down so that the ball doesn't go too far down so it just reduces that impact or that touching of the cup or flag so yes measures put in place um, what we what we struggle with at the moment is the capacity within clubhouses so we can't have prize givings uh, we can't have too many people congregate in a given area so but so i think halfway house is that still so an halfway issue? house yeah absolutely so again halfway house at lost city it's a grab and go uh, at gary play it's a sit down so it's nice we, it's spacious we've got um, you know we've got uh, quite quite big areas between tables and that's part of the experience, the, that halfway house experience. So we, we want to try and keep it as much as possible. But the nice thing is, is that we've got a one tee start now. Eight o'clock is the first tee time. Uh, and we can really keep the golfers uh, or the four balls apart uh, when they are playing, as long as it's, it's, it's 10 minute intervals. And things like locker rooms uh, and those sort of, sort of public areas, are those open or is that also very limited? Yeah, so very limited. So again, just restricting the amount of people going to the locker rooms, although as and when we, we the, the lockdown level eases or e has eased, uh, now we can actually use the lines of locker facilities, but unfortunately you have to bring your own towel, which is, Anyway, it is what it is, um, but we try and encourage the residents to go and shower in their hotels. But if it's day trippers, you can come to the locker rooms, you can utilize the facilities, but you have to bring your own towel.
Have there been any changes in the fees uh, to play on, on any of the courses? So uh, we've, in general, you know, just to try and get the the, uh, the demand back, we've, we've decreased the, the green fee slightly. We've got some great value-added packages from accommodation point of view that was on our website. Uh, we've actually had to stop the, the weekend packages because it's so popular at the moment. And um, so that's a good sign. So we're trying to focus now midweek. So, yeah, we're just trying to create value-add, uh, not just the green fees that are decreased, but what we try to do is as well is, is include accommodation, We've got some great specials coming in 2021. So really excited about those. And Ken, a lot of your golfers over the you know the past couple of years have also come from overseas. Is that now an opportunity for a lot of South Africans to maybe finally play a course that they maybe not had all you know had a chance to play before because it was always very busy, very much in demand? Yeah, without a doubt. I think it's always seasonal. You know, South African golfers, especially Sun City, they make an effort to come and play at Sun City. So it's about the amount of times that they can come. And we've got to make it affordable and value for money. I think with respect to the South African domestic tourism market, yes, we need it. And absolutely, it's we, we, we need that constantly all the time. But we can only rely on that for so long. Because just remember, there's a lot of South Africans that don't have that disposable income uh, at the moment. You know? So they're working hard. They've got less income. So we rely on those international tourists, especially your December, January, February, March period. Um, you know, with that comes foreign exchange. They tend to spend more. Um, and, and yes, we need it. But at the moment, we're focusing on, on, on South Africa, on South Africans. And I tell you what, South Africans are fanatical. They love Sun City. They love these two golf courses. They want to play them. And, um, and we appreciate and are very grateful that they can come up and support us. Without them, uh, this place wouldn't exist. Okay, now that you're back in the swing of things, that you're really sort of hands-on with people coming and playing, what's sort of occupying your mind now for the next sort of quarter going into 2021? What's keeping you busy? Well, our focus is getting this resort to uh, to the very highest of standards. It's customer first. The guest experience needs is is way up there on our on our to-do list, and and really what we want uh, the guests to come and visit Sun City. Not only the golf courses, but there's so much to offer on the resort. Value of the waves. You just have good fun. Uh, come and enjoy yourself, come and relax, and we will look after you. But at the moment, it's focusing on the resort uh, and getting ready for, for that, um, that very, very busy period which has started already. And then early next year, sort of your January, February, we'll start, start planning um, for the Nevian Golf Challenge. You know, it's, it's, it's a tournament that happens in November, but um, normally planning starts literally the week after uh, the, the Nebang Golf Challenge. So last year we already started planning for 2020 already and um, it's just amazing how the team gets together. So we'll be focusing um, sort of February, March next year on planning for Nebang Golf Challenge. And then obviously the resort as well. There's so many new additions to the resort that we're working on, uh, new restaurants, new facilities and it's ever evolving and improving as we go along. You were touching on the weekend's been quite busy with the golf, so Monday to Friday seems to still be a very fair game. Uh, I know that there's a limitation on people coming as day visitors to the resort for now, but if I want to play a round of golf on a Wednesday and I've got a free day, can I shoot up from Joburg and, and come play a, a, a day of golf? Can I get yeah, access for the day? Absolutely. So so golf, the golf courses are open to day trippers as well, depending on how busy we are, especially on a Saturday, we try and restrict it to residents and MVG card holders only. Uh, but during the week, uh, there are tea times available, especially your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. So the best thing is to do is phone our golf reservations and, and see what availability there is. But we definitely do encourage day trippers to come up and play golf. 
Well, Ken Payette, Tournament Director, Nedbank Golf Challenge, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll get to tee off soon at some point and uh, look forward to seeing how green the greens are. Awesome. Pleasure. Thank you. So staying at Sun City, staying at the Lost City, there's probably no more iconic hotel than the Palace of the Lost City. It's probably one of my favorite hotels to come to and it's been going for well over 21 years now. And uh, the man sitting right opposite me, I have to say, has a bit of Santon heritage as well. Josiah Moncho, General Manager at the Palace of the Lost City. Welcome. Thank you so much. Great Th to have you. Thanks so much for having us. It's a great pleasure. Hope you enjoy your stay. Yeah, but listen, we're having a good time. It's fascinating to watch a five-star hotel having to operate in a COVID-19 space. I mean, it must have been such a rethink for you. Indeed, indeed, without a doubt. And I mean, who have ever thought that we'll reach a stage where the hotel or the resort has to close for more than five months. However, having said that, we're grateful for uh, the President Ramaphosa and the Minister of Tourism have allowed us to open the tourism sector on the 2nd of September. So we, we thought opening a resort was going to be just a slow start, staggering. My goodness, the first weekend, it was just unbelievable. But nonetheless, it's great to see that uh, South African tourism, I mean, South African domestic, sector is very very supportive we've heard nothing but great feedback so far and really we're looking forward to to welcoming south african domestic while we're still waiting for international borders to open just like let's get into the the nitty-gritty of running a five-star hotel yes. and having to make these adjustments i mean Absolutely. we all know you go to the tourism grading council and they tell you you have to have a wine bottle opener and you have to have a shoehorn and you have to have all these sort of bells and whistles when you come to a five-star hotel to be able to be called a five-star hotel and suddenly you're faced with a situation where you're having to almost eliminate or rethink the way you do these high touch point articles how did you even start dealing with that and what solutions have you come up with look it's, it's quite important i mean having having uh, obviously uh, got the guidance from the who um, and after you said uh, the grading council and the expectations of you know, making sure that because, you know, the coronavirus is, is something that is transferable. Um, so from the guidance of the tourism guidance, I mean, the sector and the, from the tourism grading from WHO, we have to adjust. Um, who have ever thought that one day you'll be wearing a mask? Sure. Uh, who have ever thought that you go to sanitize? I don't know how many times you sanitize a day. Well, I've even got sanitizer in my amenities now. I've got shampoo, conditioner and a sanitizer. Absolutely. Uh, and those are the adjustments that you've got to make uh, to make sure that our guests feel nothing but people remember many years ago the guest was about loyalty now it's about safety so the guests will only come to the property when they know that first safety is key so we have to as like you said adjust certain things hence upon checking you've been requested by a receptionist to say ma'am also would you like your room to be turned down mm. so that thing that we never ever would have expected a five-star hotel to be asked now we are forced to see because of limiting touch points, limiting number of accesses in the room, you have to be asked, would you want us to change your bedding? Would you want us to change your towels? You know, things like cushions in the rooms, we have to remove them. You know, things like your cups and saucers, I'm sure you have seen. Yeah, they, they all are sort of wrapped up and, you know. They are now in the sleeve. You yeah. know, remote control is now in the sleeve. So just to give a sense of security, a sense of the fact that you're the first person to touch that item. I mean, you've even put a seal on the toilet seat. You've got a seal on the door before we even got in. Absolutely. To say that you know the room's been sanitized, checked. Yeah. Absolutely, this room has been forked. So those are the stuff that we have to follow 
uh, with regards to the COVID-19 protocols. Well, that adds a whole nother level to your operations and even from a cost perspective. I mean, that must have taken a whole nother level of, of budgeting to now add in all these additional stickers and sleeves and boxes and wrappers. Without a doubt, there's no way we could have avoided it. Even if you look at our breakfast, we have to adjust our breakfast. Where we used to have a buffet breakfast where some of the items or rather most of the items were just from the shaving dish, now they've been atomized with the bottles, with the seal. So that's not only even adding to the cost, but adding to manpower as well. Because remember, now the chef has to employ particular people to go with just do nothing but dedicated to the work to wrap those things, put them in individual bottles. So yeah, unfortunately it does, but we're happy that customers are acknowledging that and are grateful and appreciative of that. Sai, I mean, you've been in this business for a long time. I mean, you're a hotelier, professional in this space. You've now had to adapt from a place where you've gone from almost a total standstill back into full operation. People are coming here with high expectations. They're expecting the Palace of the Lost City as if COVID-19 never happened. Uh, is that COVID-19 rust uh, that a lot of people refer to in the hospitality space, is that completely gone? Or are you happy with everything right now? Or do you think you're doing a little bit more tweaks and changes before you're 100% happy with operations and the way things are running? Look, um, so, so far we, we get, we're getting feedback from our clients. It's obviously a mix of feedback. Um, and there's nothing good uh, for me than rather a very constructive feedback. We are getting really, really very good constructive feedback. Here's the elements of improvement which we appreciate and we know that and that's something that we expect uh, and that's what we're dealing with at the moment. It's our first month that we've reopened and we're looking forward to great improvement and I'm glad that customers are giving us that feedback because without feedback there's no way we'd be able to know that we are actually meeting or exceeding our customers' expectations which is really what we want to achieve. It's a time now where a lot of people are taking the opportunity to travel in South Africa. A lot of people normally have sort of prioritized going overseas or they've said, well, you know what, like, you know, I've never been able to sort of afford to go to a lot of these fancy places. A lot of places are adjusting their, their rates. Is something similar happening here at, uh, at the palace as well? Absolutely, without a doubt. Not only the palace, the entire resort. Right now with the cascades still going under refurb, we've actually adjusted our rates. Our rates are phenomenal. I know we've got great attractive rates because we know financially, economically, and after, from what I've said, you know, obviously start, while we're still waiting for international borders to open, we're trying by all means to attract domestic travel. But, and to do that, you've got to obviously adjust your rates. And we've got ample uh, of attractive rates of available on our, on, our, on our booking sites. I mean, we run from Sunscape to Escapes, and even our gaming uh, uh, the, uh, customers, they have different rates because we would love people to come and support us. We'd love people to come and enjoy the facility which means Sun City, and we're grateful for that. So please, we, we plead for the domestic travel to come and support us at Sun City. But weekends are looking quite busy already, aren't they? Absolutely, without a doubt. So Long weekends are already fully booked. So it's time to maybe look Monday to Friday. Indeed. There's still some slots available. Yeah? Absolutely. And those, obviously, because of the conferencing and of the social distancing or the curfew, and now people are adjusting as well. Uh, you've got a virtual you know, business, you've got, a, you've got an hour, Skype, you know, you've got Teams. So most companies are adjusting of, why should I go and have a conference where I could do it you know, via Teams, via Skype, via virtual? And obviously, while we're still under the COVID-19 protocols, there's, there's, there's only a certain number of people that you can obviously accommodate. Uh, so we're adjusting on that. Um, so we're hopeful that by level one or beyond level one, we'll be open up, opened up because our midweek business is purely driven by conferencing. 
Uh, what was your international uh, component looking like before the lockdown, before everybody wasn't allowed to climb on a plane and come to South Africa? Look, for the Palace, you're looking at between 30 and 40%. That's, that's, our, uh, that's our market for the Palace. That's why we're pleading. We cannot wait for the borders to open. Josiah, let's quickly jump into your career. You spent a bit of time in Santon. You ran one of the hotels in Santon for quite some time. Now you're at the Palace of the Lost City. Is this one of those hotels where you kind of go, you know, I've, I've arrived, I've made it. This is one of those iconic hotels that a lot of GMs would like to get their hands on and would want to look after? Well, I'm glad you say that. Um, I mean, this is what I've been in, a, in the hospitality industry for three decades. I remember in 1992 when I opened the hotel school in Mabatu in Mafeken, my first in internship in 1993 was at the palace, just a year after the palace opened. And I always prayed and said, this would be my, one of my dreamest hotels to run as general managers. That's amazing. And I thank God to have afforded me the opportunity to run one of the best hotels in South Africa and hopefully in Africa, or hopefully now, maybe in the world. Well, you've got to reveal, what were you doing when you did your internship? What was your job when you first arrived at the palace all those years ago? Wow, in the kitchen. Washing the dishes or catching the onions. That's where you got to start. That's where you got to start. You get thrown to wash the dishes. Then you get thrown to give me a bag of potatoes to go peel. And then you go to a deep freezer to go can't stock. Those are the things that you got to learn. And I mean, I, I work with the best chef in the world. And I, and I heard that he's late, uh, Chef Macon. May he saw rest in peace. One of the best chefs that I've learned from. Very humble, man. But I've learned a lot. So... Often we get young people listening to this, people who are in the hospitality space, someone who's come from a situation where a few years ago you were sitting peeling onions or uh, cutting onions and peeling potatoes in the, in the kitchen. Yeah. A few decades later, you know, running the hotel. What does it take? Or what's the secret sauce to being successful in the hospitality space? Look, my, my late father always said to, my, to me, my son, hard work pays. But having said that, this industry is not about how much qualifications you have. It's a calling. You gotta drive it from the heart. You gotta have the passion. You must have the drive. Because if you don't have that, you won't make it. And that's really because you deal with people. You know, you gotta serve. If you're not willing to serve, it's not very one of those kosher industries you can just walk in there and, and be successful. So that's that's really what is acquired. From uh, the young leaders of tomorrow who are still at hotel school, this is a highly, highly demanding industry but you've got to love what you do you've got to have a drive you've got to have a purpose and this as i said it's a calling it's not a job well josiah moncha i think i could speak to you for the whole afternoon but i know you've also got a hotel to run <laughs> that is getting busier and busier by the hour yeah. it is heritage uh, week Absolutely. and a long weekend and i think there's a lot of south africans a lot of people from santon from johannesburg Absolutely. who are wanting to get out yeah. so let me get you back to your uh, position and to make sure that everything runs smoothly yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, General Manager of uh, the Palace at the Lost City. Thank you so much. All right, moving along as we're doing our tour of Sun City and getting to meet everybody. I mean, probably one of the most important people with, when it comes to any destination is the person who provides you with the food. I mean, people identify culture, destination with food memories and now with Instagram and all these wonderful things. There's no meal that goes unphotographed most of the times. And sitting right opposite me now is Rocco Fassad. He's the executive chef of the Palace of the Lost City. Rocco, you've had quite an interesting time having to adjust to COVID-19 and having to run a kitchen and a restaurant and a, a hotel under these conditions. You're telling me. It's been a, quite a challenge. Um, um, I can't say I had experienced with this before, 
but uh, certainly it's been a learning curve for all of us. Um, going to a new fresh you know, ideas and looking from different perspective from serving from buffet, all different levels of food. Yeah, it's been quite a challenge, but you know, at the same time, you know, we never are told to learn. So yeah, it's been quite a challenge, especially when looking from COVID point of view. We had to, um, our main focus was, as I always say to all our customers, is really is for people to sit down and feel safe, feel comfortable, to say that, you know, look at the buffets, look at the way we serve, uh, the way to serve, the chef serves, and uh, they make feel comfortable and make feel they're safe and they're good hands. Because uh, after all, safety is a priority at the palace. It's interesting that you say that, because one of the things that people immediately eliminated when all of this started and hospitality started opening up, they said, well, we're never going to have buffets again, or we're never going to have canapes again, or we're never going to have these things because it just, it just felt like it was a high touch or a high contact kind of you know, interface. But you've managed to find a solution around it. We saw the breakfast that we had whilst we were here, and you've really come up with some really interesting sort of ideas as to how to manage a buffet without having to compromise a lot of the protocol and a lot of the safety aspects of it. Just take us through that. You know, the first the first thing that I did in COVID is, you know, at the palace we always surprise people, we always take people through behind what's been expected or people think it can be done. So what the first thing I did in COVID during the lockdown period is get myself familiar and my chefs familiar with the COVID protocols. That was the first part because that's safety and healthy issues right there. And uh, then we, we, we didn't, you know, we, we, we didn't went through the aspect of what do people think we don't do it. We went through what's the work for us. After all, as people know, we, we probably have one of the best breakfast uh, setups, buffets and offerings in the world and we were known for our breakfast. So we don't want to compromise on the standard and the quality of that, but yet also you know, sit with the COVID protocols and adjust according to that. So yeah, you know, it, it took me a lot of research, I mean, I'll be honest with you, as a chef, we sit down and we phone chefs around us, we say what you guys are doing, and we're sharing ideas. And until we came up with a solution which we are currently having now, which I think we did pretty good. Um, to, you know, to have the offering, to have the look on the buffet, to have to feel the freshness, plus yet make people feel comfortable and to know that all protocols have been followed and that's what we're trying to do what we're trying to do and still we're still learning we're still going through the process this is not working this is working it might from a perspective from a customer works but for us background or back of us it, it there's some logistic problems but we, we, we can find on, on our current basis and as a chef i need to I need, I need to be proactive i need to kind of look what can be a problem in a week's time this we cannot carry on with the, with the quality and for me as a chef the quality of the food and consistency is most, one of the most important and then health and safety after that as well of course well i mean i think having eliminated the buffet for breakfast would have been a huge disaster i mean like you mentioned it's one of the biggest buffets probably on the continent it's always been known to be very diverse i think you've got about what sort of 400 plus items 432 yes yeah items that are that are rotating on this buffet and uh, you've kind of managed to kind of still make that work within these limitations and maybe just to paint people a picture you've got these shields that you've put up at each of the stations so normally where you would maybe uh, you know have a, a, a serving dish that you would serve yourself you've got your team standing by they're kind of serving everybody as they need scrambled eggs or you know baked beans or whatever that is you've still got your sushi station you've still got your cereals but everything's in its own little bubble so it's in a little glass jar or it's in a little um, little thing with a lid on it or a little cork in it. I mean, you've come up with a whole bunch of different solutions uh, on that point. Uh, do you find that environmental impact 
a lot of packaging? Is that a concern for you, having to work through all of that as well? Because, I mean, you're finding a lot of things sort of individually wrapped and individually packed, which it has to be from a safety perspective. But from an environmental perspective, maybe a little bit challenging? It is, it is. We are, obviously, we also, like, you know, like any other chefs, we're looking at different aspects, like we're looking at seafood, you know, what is the endangered species, we want to touch it, we want to help the environment and, you know, and the ecosystem around that. We're also looking at different aspects as well. We start off with packaging, and it is a concern, because it's, uh, it's labor intense, honestly. Um, but again, health and safety for customers is more important than, you know, and it also, it pushes the cost up of the buffet. It, uh, it, it's, it's double volume, um, same price. So we need to, we have to look at different options and different perspective and what's available. That's another thing. You know, uh, we've been locked up for five months. So nothing was working, nothing was selling. So, you know, it comes straight after lockdown and now you need to start providing. And uh, we know we test and trial during lockdown, what's going to work. We actually did set up buffets, mock up buffets to see what's going to work. And from our perspective, and honestly, some of the stuff after lockdown, after after this COVID managers will go, we're probably going to keep some of the standards still because it's working for for a, for a, a we got a high hygiene standard, and this will just push it a little bit more up. Yeah. Uh, and make sure and some of the stuff working. I mean, we, we, uh, as you mentioned, we had a little small little bowls of little cute little salads and stuff. And now we just as a chef, we said, well, how can we make it work? Look sexy in the buffet. And now that yeah, but we can all put all different flavors into one cup, into one bowl, which we did. And uh, what concerns me, though, is a lot of the customers said to me, Chef, I hope you're not going to change your buffet because this is awesome. So, yeah, it is labor tense. Packaging is a problem. We're working through that. Uh, we try to also be environmental friendly as well. So we're trying to work through that as well. So whatever, um, and uh, the supplies are amazing. They come with different, uh, I get phone calls on a second, three, four times a week saying, Chef, I've got new, uh, new ideas. I've got new things. I mean, we're going over now soon with little bowls that is, uh, that, that is, that is leaf pressed. They're taking a tree leaves and they compress it to the system and it's, 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 it's edible, so it's, it's, it's environment friendly, it's, it's, it's cost a little bit more, but you know what, at the end of the day, if we can save the environment and keep our, our customers happy and safe at the same time, I think it's worth it. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of challenges that you have to balance, but at the same time, I'm also hearing that there's quite a few things that you've implemented that might be around for much longer than after this, because it seems like a good solution. And look, when we look at it now, through the lens of COVID-19, there were so many things that were happening at buffets that should never have happened. I mean, there's stuff, there's horror stories. I'm sure everyone's got their own story of stuff that's happened at buffets where you thought, my goodness, like how many people have had their finger in here or then, you know, taken the spoon and sort of tasted it before they stuck it back into. I mean, I'm not even going to go down this road. <laughs> it's, it's horrendous. So kind of, I guess it's given us all the tire chance to rethink things. But let's go through some of the other things that happen at hotels. Room service. Is that still happening? And how's that happening? Absolutely. We again, we we take the same approach as room service. We took room service down, and as you mentioned, now stuff happened at buffet before, and even myself and my team look back is why we why we overlooked this um, protocols like the sea guards that happening in buffets now. I'm not going to take it away. That, that for me it's a wow factor. Um, we sort of thought about but COVID opened our eyes on that. So. The room service, exactly the same story. We try to keep the standard, but everything's covered now. Nothing leaves, uh, all covered protocol. No food leaves the hotel, uh, the, the, the kitchen, uncovered. Right. And same with room service. Now, what we did now is we took the cutlery packs and we actually sealed them into a pack now. We, they're um, like salt and pepper shakers no longer exist. We now have proper, decent, close packaging of salt and pepper, or, 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 you know, faster standards. Um, tomato sauce no longer going to tomato sauce big bulk because it's all small, small uh, portion looks good sealed properly by, by the suppliers um, and same with the food 
everything goes in cloches or get we don't do plastic wraps because that fast hours doesn't work for us but we covered it we bought in extra equipment and cutlery and service gear to and make it look good smell good keep the freshness of food keep the quality of the food but yet also everything must be covered even the room service trays has changed the waiters have been uh, has been has been has been trained as you all know no longer we're allowed to enter the room when a customer or a guest is in the room we knock on the door the customer opens we step away 1.5 meters so ma'am your 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 room service has arrived and the meal the customer can take the meal in by himself it's you know it's it's something we, do, we don't like to do but if the customer gives a go ahead he steps back to five 2.5 meters away then then the waiter will will push in the trolley and then we don't open anything customer opens up we leave the trolley we leave and we find him back half an hour later and and, and when he says ready he pushes the trolley out the customer and the room service uh, pick up the, the dirty laundry if I can put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, another big thing and another big attraction at the palace has always been the high tea as well. Absolutely. I mean, that's what if you do nothing else, even if you're staying at one of the other hotels, yeah. you'd always make a plan to try and make the high tea yeah. one of those occasions you yeah. attend. What's that looking like now? Well, it looks actually, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the standards we're going through now because we're going back to before lockdown, we used to do a little buffet. IT. To change, we, we like to do changes. We like to, like, you know, take things and notch it up a little bit. But, um, can't happen now because our height is very very sensitive little ingredients and little little tartlets and in and, and, uh, and, and stuff so you can't wrap you can't close it sweats it doesn't hold the te- temperature so now we're going back to old-fashioned way of serving three-tier stands all oh, right okay like those sort of tea party sort of vibes, the original yeah. the old-fashioned original way of and i think we'll stick with it for a long time because our customer enjoys it now they, they we're having a few servings of high today and they're like oh chef you're going back to old-fashioned way i love it so we're going to go three tier only difference is now we don't serve buffet we still serve the same quality of food but now the customer sit down to listen i would like to have a high tea for five people uh, the waiters or the or the or the or the bartender or um or, or, or whoever serves them goes into the kitchen they place the order we pack them on to go and that gets wrapped nicely into a little like a little like a little sift net going over it just takes into the customer customer sit down we open in front of the customer and they enjoy the high tea Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Rocco Fustar, Executive Chef here at the Palace of Velocity, thank you so much for making the time to be with us and for being on this podcast. Thank you very much for the effort, Dan. Thank you very much for, 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 the, for the opportunity. Thank you very much. Right, as we conclude this week's episode of the Santa Times podcast, it's time for us to get into our events guide that we do every single week. Kicking off with Katie's Palace Bar. It's open again this Friday with DJ Louis from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Limited space is available, so please book in advance. Then Billy the Bums in Four Ways is continuing its September to Remember this Friday with uh, a DJ lineup of Craig White and Don Vito between 7.30pm and 11.30pm. And Saturday sees Shawnee B and Royal K return to the decks from 7.30pm to 11.30pm as well. You can see that level one midnight curfew is starting to ease things a little bit in terms of party going. Then uh, Tiger's Milk this weekend also has their Hello Weekend DJ series from 5pm with DJ Lady Leah at Tiger's Milk in Melrose Arch. There's a great two-for-one special from 4pm to 6pm. Then Altitude Beach Club in Four Ways is open this weekend as well from Friday. It's uh, 12 noon to 11.30pm. Saturday it's 12 noon to 9.30pm and Sunday it's 12 noon to 11.30pm as well. DJ lineup includes DJ Milkshake, Twins on Deck and more. The Beach Ravonia this Friday has its Switch Fridays again from 1pm till midnight. 
Then on Saturday, it's Saturdays in the Sand with live DJs. And on Sunday, they're Beach Bry Sundays with a buy one, get one free promo on cocktails and beer jugs. Masks are essential and no under 23s. The Greenhouse in Rosebank has an outdoor greenhouse featuring Kimmy K on Friday and Saturday. No walk-ins and booking is essential. And the Grand and Ravonia is still training Monday to Sunday from 12 noon to 9.45 p.m. Entrance is uh, Entrance fee is 500 Rand and that includes your food. And that's our events guide for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch, email editor at santantimes.ca.za. You can connect with us uh, on at santantimes when it comes to social media. Visit the blog at santantimes.ca.za and don't forget to subscribe, share and leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, uh, leave a comment uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you to all my guests uh, today here at Sun City. It's been an absolute pleasure being here. We're almost done with September. We're going into October shortly. I look forward to joining you again next week on location and wherever we are. Uh, thanks for listening and stay safe.